All right, welcome to another episode of Tyler Martinson's Reputation Rehab, and I'm your host, Tyler Martinson. i got a guest with me today um, that I met many years ago uh, through, an, through an OPK event. Um, I think it was a sweat, to be, to be honest, if I can remember correctly. His name's Henry McKay. Welcome to the podcast. Hey, Tyler. It's uh, nice to be here. And uh, yeah, you're correct. It was, I don't know how many years ago, but it, it was uh, action therapy or an OPK sweat that uh, we were doing. Yeah, I think it was uh, pre pre COVID at the Thunderbird House. Yeah, it was. Yeah, yeah, that was when uh, I, I was just showing up to do heart work. Uh, you know, was making nothing from it. Um, knew I wanted to make a change in my life, and I remember showing up to that sweat, and I might have asked one too many questions. Uh, like I, I just wanted to know what was going on and, and about ceremony, and uh, you gave me a little bit of insight. Uh, I still mm. got a lot to learn, but. Yeah, you're a very good teacher with all that stuff and patient with people. Thank I've you. Noticed. Yeah, I, I try and stay humble about it, you know. Um, I, I, and you said that, right? Like, you know, I try to be patient as well because I know, you know, as a human being, we don't, we don't really have the ability to know everything about everything, right? So, and um, I know life is about learning and, and lessons. So uh, I, I try and share as much as I can. Yeah, I've uh, seen seen a lot of news clips recently um, with just different stories and different uh, like articles and and things that you have done. Um, mm-hmm. And I was wondering if we can just like get into some of the stuff that, that you do in the community and the stuff that you've been talking about in these articles. Okay, yeah, sure. So, uh, like I said, you know, I try and be as humble as I can, um, but you know, through my journey. Um, the, the life that I've, I've lived and the life that I'm living now, uh, I learned that, you know, telling our stories um, can be healing, right? It can be healing for you. It can be healing for um, people listening to the audience. Um, it could be, you know, just that little bit of um, thing that uh, drive that um, somebody needs to hear maybe. So I think it's important to get out there and, you know, tell your story as humbly and as respectful as you can, you know? Mm-hmm. So, uh, yeah, I have a, a pretty um, traumatic and uh, heartbreaking story, uh, life story. But then also there's a lot of resilience, a lot of strength, and then a lot of um, full circles that I've come to know. Um, and, and, and now, like, it all revolves around ceremony, Indigenous-based ceremony, uh, particularly the Anishinaabe ceremonies. So yeah, uh, growing up, I grew up, uh, you know, to a single uh, dad. I didn't have a mom. Uh, she, it didn't work out between the parents, biological parents, and it was weird. It was different, you know, in the '90s, um, uh, where even now most kids went to their mom. But for whatever reasons, the way it happened, um, me and my brother ended up uh, with my biological dad, and. You know, as uh, children, we grew up with uh, a lot of trauma, a lot of uh, abuse, you know, on growing up uh, in poverty in the inner city. So those are some experiences that uh, carried me into my, I guess, youth and then also now into my adult life. Yeah, and I was wondering if you would, if you would even want to dive into a bit of your story. Uh, maybe people would get a, a better picture of, of the work you're doing now and why you're doing it. Yeah, sure. So uh, growing up, we, we moved a lot. So 
mostly in the inner city, you know, North End, stayed in Central there for a bit uh, in the West End. So, you know, like uh, living in, in poverty, you know, and in the inner city of Winnipeg where, you know, violence, you know, in the home and then outside the home and, you know, poverty, you know, will humble a person. You know, I remember growing up not knowing that, hey, like, there's actually more out there than what I what I knew. You know, I knew a lot of violence. I knew, you know, getting abused, you know, physically abused from my um, my biological father. You know, I didn't know that these things that I was experiencing um, wasn't the norm. You know, there's no real normal, but there there is a bit of a norm that that's out there. So living through these experiences and, and then also moving a lot. So I got uh, another side of me is that uh, there's a few times in my life where we lived in like rural Manitoba and I grew up, um, you know, experiencing racism, you know, living out there, um, you know, having to fight, you know, bullies, you know, I, I grew up with that, you know, and um, like I said, that trauma and that abuse, you kind of carry that, right? Mm-hmm. So I didn't know. And then I uh, probably uh, like around right when I was becoming a, like a youth, uh, that youth stage of life, you know, I uh, entered the child welfare system. And I remember, I think it was the first year that I was in the child welfare system. I counted, uh, I think I, I, it was 10 placements that I, that I had in wow. one year. So I was kind of used to that, but that was to the extreme, right? So it was hard for me to, to kind of get a footing, you know, and then also being in the child welfare system, I found that system um, back then anyway, they were more concerned about like my safety and then also like the bare minimum. So physically I was taken care of, right? Physically I had, you know, food, I had clothes, and I had a place to, to sleep, but emotionally, mentally, and, and then spiritually, I wasn't supported. So thinking back, I'm just like, wow, like the experiences that I had kind of really does make me who I am. Mm-hmm. So I, I'm a humble person. I, I try and, I try and, you know, live by that. You know, I, I try and be as calm as I can too, as well, you know, and, um, I try and uh, live a life that uh, that violence has, has left my life. I, I live a life that is centered around ceremony and spirituality, connection to spirit. So, um, and that's what I carry with me. I, I do that in the work that I do. I, I, work, I, I did a lot of work in the community, but now I'm kind of transitioning into um, being that teacher that you spoke of, right? Teaching youth mm-hmm. the things that I've, I've learned through this journey of life. Yeah, and I've, I've, I've definitely heard you teach um, exactly what you're talking about in ceremony. I, I believe I've, that one sweat, you were running the ceremony. You were the one doing that sweat that time. Yeah, yeah, I was conducting a lodge, yeah. So I've been doing that for, I want to say, three, four years, four years, conducting lodges. Um, I was given the go-ahead uh, from, an, from an elder. He said that I was ready. So I had all those teachings. Um, the first year in uh, child welfare, I, I, I bom- like I said, I bounced around a lot, lots of, a, a lot of uh, emergency placements, a lot of um, hotels we stayed at, 
couple times and then um and then I started selling drugs at a young age so I remember you know there's a couple instances in my life as a as a child you know having to steal from the store because we're hungry you know um that I made a conscious decision back then that I didn't want to live in poverty I didn't want to be poor for the rest of my life I didn't want that after I kind of started learning I was like okay well there's a difference right there's like difference between like me and even my peers you know I used to I, I literally had you know maybe a pair or two of clothes for the week I would I would be teased you know kids would, would tease me because I didn't have you know all the nice clothes so even back then I was just like you know what they're I, I want to get myself out of there and the only thing that I knew kind of out of poverty and then even in the child welfare system where I didn't really have nobody watching me the first year anyway um, I started selling drugs as a means to, to kind of get out of that poverty to kind of like feed myself feed my brother you know buy the nicest clothes buy the things that I've always wanted kind of thing when I was young that I couldn't afford right that my parents my dad couldn't afford so I started selling drugs and then I was lucky enough to to move in with a with a man named uh, Luke Arquette and he was an elder to OPK he was very close friends with the founder of OPK Manitoba uh, Larry Morissette and uh, I got to work with Larry as well when I was 15. So those two men like at an early at that teen age they made a positive male role model impact on me. They mm -hmm. really had that positivity they brought that positivity um, to my life and uh, yeah Luke was an elder he was a pipe maker, drum maker, carver, he was a cut man at a Sundance so he had a real um I guess, imprint on the community back then, the Indigenous um, traditional community. So I was able to learn a lot from him. And then through Larry, I started getting critical of the things that um, I lived through, you know, poverty and oppression, colonization. These uh, oppression and colonization, they weren't even words in my vocabulary back then until I met Larry. And I'm like, oh, wow. I was like, okay. Like Luke always talked about like the impacts of the church, on our people, indigenous peoples in Canada. Um, and then, but then Larry took it even further where he's like, yeah, man, like these structures are racist, like systemic racism, you know? And I'm like, wow, like it really just opened my eyes back then. I was very critical. So my, my thoughts and understanding back then started to change. I'm like, okay, well, you know, I, I wanna uh, work myself out of poverty, but I'm just like, do I really have to be that person that lived, you know, abused? Um, back when I was a teenager, I, I self-medicated. I call I call it self-medicating um, with alcohol. I used a lot of alcohol. I drank a lot of alcohol. And then cannabis, too, was another thing. So back then, I didn't know that I was self-medicating with these substances because of the, the pain and the hurt that I carried from my childhood. So uh, until I... Uh, got introduced to ceremony, Indigenous ceremony. And that's when it really started changing for me, when I started attending those sweats, when I started, um, you know, with fire keeping, um, being with those sacred fires and unlearning about my culture and my traditional role uh, as a male-identified person. Mm. Yeah. Um, 
I, I also ha- didn't really hear about a lot of those type of words that you were talking about um, until I came around OPK as well and mm. started diving into a little bit of this work and, you know, got into schooling. Um, I, I was wondering if maybe you could just talk a little bit about what OPK does and what you guys are all about. Um, I, I've been working really closely beside a lot of you guys in community, um, but I haven't like been fully fledged the way you guys have. Um, so yeah, if you would just like could touch on that and let the people know about what OPK does and what they're all about. Okay, yeah. So OPK stands for Okichita Pinamatawin Kinamatawin. So that's Anishinaabe for like a young warrior or warrior, uh, living a good life, leading a good life. So, uh, and those, uh, those come from the, the ideology, the Anishinaabe ideology of um, when the good life or the good road. Some people call it the red road um, that our ancestors lived prior to colonization, prior to oppression. We, we, we wanted to live uh, in a good way understanding that human beings are human beings and we are, are uh, a part of mother earth and we're we're all connected by spirit so everything on mother earth is connected you know the trees um, mother earth herself you know the the animals we're all connected and uh, that connection to spirit is kind of what i found that's um missing in a lot of ways for my people um, we were very spiritual you know, that, that spirit, they say, is like the, the center of you, that, that inner fire that you have. That's that, that, that's that core of what you are, that, that being, right? And uh, Okichita, you know, um, that's the word that uh, people will say. It means in Anishinaabe Moen, it means um, warrior. But there's a deeper meaning there, right? There's a meaning. Uh, it's the, it means the one, the person with a great heart, with a kitschy, like a, a big heart. So when you talk about heart work, you know, when we're working out in the community, that's what we're doing. We're, we're leading with our hearts, you know, for the love of our people, for the love of our communities, for the love of the brothers and sisters that are on the streets, you know, where, uh, where society failed them, right? Mm-hmm. They're not the failure. Society is the failure, right? So we're, we're walking uh, that good life. We're trying to, you know, walk that good life led by our hearts for the love of everything around us and then us. Because there's a teaching with love where, you know, to truly, like, love yourself, you got to learn to love others, right? And uh, so that's kind of like the work that OPK does. So we're going around wanting to kind of take care of our people, right? The brothers and sisters, um, on the streets, you know, you've been there, you fed the people, mm-hmm. you, do, you still do it uh, every Tuesday, right? I was out there today. Yeah. 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 So that's, uh, that's the kind of thing that OPK does. Back then, when I started with uh, Larry, um, it was different. It was uh, an actual, um, it was like an employment program. It was uh, uh, specifically for men that were wanting to live um, I mean leave the gang lifestyle so back then my dad uh, my foster dad I call him dad he uh, he saw that I was kind of like leaning into that life and you know the gang lifestyle in Winnipeg it's in the inner city it's pretty strong Um, even back then makes a big impression on a young kid right so I was kind of like teetering 
you know, I was, uh, I was jumped in a gang when I was, um, I think I was like 13, something like that. Um, but I, I left that, you know, like I, I left that for, for a bit. And then right around when I was turning 15, I was like, mm, kind of like going there again. I'm like, okay, I don't know why, but I was, I was drawn that way. And it was because I didn't have a connection, right? I didn't have a family, right? So Luke thought it was a good idea that I, I got some uh, actual, like, legit work experience. Uh, and I went and worked with OPK. They were um, working with North End Housing Project back then, um, fixing, renovating houses. And that was my first, like, foray into legit work other than selling drugs. And that really... Um, really kicked it up a notch when I came to being proud of who I was as a mm -hmm. person. Uh, so yeah, that's, that's the kind of things, uh, that's the kind of experiences that I had with OPK, you know, working alongside these, these um, gang members that were, you know, contemplating leaving that lifestyle, you know, hearing from them, you know, okay, you want to be a gangster? This is exactly what's going to, what, what, what happens behind the scenes. Not a lot of, not a lot of people kind of get that, that perspective unless you're just like right deep in it. Right. So I was able to kind of learn from them and I was like, Holy, like, you know, like Luke is right. Like, that's just not me, you know, um, that's my environment. Yeah. Mm -hmm. You know, but that's not me as a person, right. As a, as a spiritual person, you know, he saw that where I was really happy was within ceremony you know, helping out, helping the people, right? Not, you know, with these guys selling drugs and doing other things that, that gangsters do, right? So right then and there, I was like, okay, well, this really ain't my, my thing. So that's when I started leaning more into the, the ceremony side of things. Yeah, and OPK almost gives you that same kind of feeling and brotherhood as a gang would. Mm -hmm. But they're just doing positive work rather than all of the stuff a gang might do, right? Yeah, exactly. And they're doing things that some of the things that um, warriors traditionally would have done, right? So my dad, he taught us that warriors aren't, you know, uh, what you think they are. You know, um, a lot of people think a warrior is a person that, that goes out and fights and, you know, protects the people. Yeah, that's that's a small part of it. Um, but traditionally, a warrior was that person. Exactly the, the stuff that you're doing on, the, on those Tuesdays, you're going out, you're feeding the people, you're taking care of the people, you're being selfless, you know. Um, warriors were, were hunters, warriors were builders. You know, we made sure that people had places to, to sleep. You know, if they... If they didn't have the know-how to, to build a, a home, then we'd teach them or we'd invite them into our home. We'd take care of the people that way, you know, fighting, going out on the battlefield. That was a very small part of it. You know, I know protecting the people, that was a, that was a big thing, but, you know, fighting is just real, like real small compared to the, the, the stuff that warriors actually did. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And, and the one thing I love about OPK and all those groups um, related to them is they are so welcoming and open to help everybody. You know, I walked through that front door and, you know, with my past and I even recognized some people that I actually knew from prison. Hmm. You know, I think Vinny was one of the guys that, that I had met, like I was in the same range as him in Stony, and, oh, yeah. and it was to see these guys that had completely turned their lives around. And now they were doing these positive things for people. It drew me. Like, you know, it only took a couple of times of me coming out as a volunteer to be like, 
I want to keep working with these guys. I want to be doing the work that these guys are doing. And everybody, like I said, the first time I came and you were, you were running a sweat, just willing to answer any question I had. And my questions might even been kind of dumb because I, I had no idea what I was, what I was getting into. So I was just asking about everything, right? And everybody is just so welcoming and willing to answer my questions and, and there to help you. And what I really like too, is that I'm not indigenous, but people have welcomed me into indigenous ceremony with open arms and taught me about it. And, and for that, I'm so grateful. Oh yeah. Like uh, looking back, it's just like, you know, being grateful is just like one of the things that um, you learn, you know, um, and, and that comes from like uh, traditionally, that's how indigenous peoples in Turtle Island, you know, North America were right they were welcoming they were very helpful and like i said everyone we believe like everyone is connected by spirit so i think you were taking um a, you were in the middle of taking your social work when i met you I, i'm assuming that you have that done now or yeah i um i'm pretty much done like i, I had to finish up a course um, because of uh, last year, you know, um, COVID and all that mental yeah. health, you know, I, I kind of took a step back from uh, pretty much everything, you know, kind of to kind of like, you know, switch gears a little bit, slow down a little bit. Uh, so, yeah, I, I took uh, uh, a bit off and then I'm finishing up. I'll be graduating in May. I'll awesome. have my bachelor's social work. And that even that, like getting into that was um, was actually revolved around ceremony. I was in a sweat lodge and um, I was coming off of, uh, you know, um, uh, in my earlier, you know, adult life, I started um, selling drugs here and there, you know, kind of thing, because I didn't have any education or training, really. It was uh, either selling drugs or minimum wage jobs kind of thing, right? And, and naturally, you know, you're going to kind of, gravitate to something that you're experienced and you're, you're, you're good at. So there was a time where I, I was, I was trying to get back into that lifestyle, but then boom, like sweat lodge happened right at the, 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 the right timing, I think it was. And I was just like, wow. And I had like a, like a very positive and beautiful experience in that lodge where, you know, a spirit helper came in the form of a bear and, came and told me it's like hey you know you got to get out there and and you have that knowledge to to you know to help or to teach so you know get out there and and share that knowledge you know and be that helper so i i really sat down and i thought i was just like okay well what's gonna be the best way for me to go kind of thing to be that helper that that i i needed to be and i saw that a bachelor in social work was kind of like the way to go because it's so broad, like the spectrum of, of things that you can get into when you have a BSW. And I acknowledge that, yes, we, we live in a, a settler state, like I consider it a settler state of Canada, right? But, it, you know, in the Western world, you have to have something kind of like attached to your name. So I'm like, okay, well, I'll, I'll go give this a shot. And yeah, I'm happy to say that I'm, I accomplished that and it's going to be done this May. And you know, that's uh, actually a real um, happy moment for me. It was a tough road uh, getting into social work, writing all those papers and and then just like being critical again and just, uh, you know, like learning about um, 
the systems you know that that are in place in Canada you know it's it was a tough road there was there was a few times where I was like man can I really do this you know self-doubt kind of started creeping in and then you know um wanting to give up but then I just always had something there was like you know like don't don't give up you know because like um you know you got to get out there and be that helper right that's awesome man and congrats I can't wait for you to actually graduate that's that's all. I, I tried myself to uh, get in a social work program and um, I, I didn't get into the program and I, I kind of readjusted where I, where I was at and what I wanted to do. And I ended up getting to applied counseling. And, oh, nice. Uh, yeah. So I'm going through that way through the addiction stream, but um, I don't know, the social work thing kind of blew over, but I, it could re-arise again uh, later on in life. You never know. Like, uh, I don't know what the, my whole journey looks like. And it's been a, pretty winding road as of late. Yeah. Um, the, what I wanted to talk to you too, I, I heard you say something about, you know, taking a little time off and, and worrying about your mental health um, mm. and just where, where I'm at in, in my life right now. And some of the things that I've gone through recently um, and talking with some other people in men's groups and stuff. Uh, I feel like I may be experiencing some burnout and, mm. and, and maybe doing too much and needing to, to just draw back and maybe do a little less and focus on what really, brings me joy, like my family and stuff. Um, mm -hmm. What kind of things did you do to look after your mental health? And when you feel like you're getting into a burnout stage? I, I spent a lot of time with uh, my children, you know, especially my two babies. Um, I always post them on Facebook. I'm just so proud of them. They're so cute. I, I <laughs> you know, and so, cause for me, like not having a family, I, I, I kind of made that conscious decision to like, it's just like um, my children are going to be like, focal of what like my life is going to be and that's kind of how it played out so I I uh, did a lot of that and then also um, I was starting to get into hunting but uh, I, I kind of you know kind of took a break from that uh, but you know I just started getting out on the land and then that's where I was like whoa man like this is where I shine is out on the land kind of thing and that that, that kind of leads into like the uh the work that i do now i do um action therapy uh and then also uh, land-based therapy but i've always when i when i was like doing action therapy more i was always just by default i don't know what it was it's just like like i said that's where i shine you know out on the land so i was always out of the city you know um going out there's a there's a couple places that i just love to go uh, and then just be out on the land with mother nature mother earth you know with my with my family that's uh, that was my self-care and then also those sweat lodges right mm -hmm. and um helping out being scabby at sweat lodge that right there is healing right so when it comes to burnout uh on the social work side we always talk about um self-care so those are my things those are my streams of self-care and uh, and again it's ceremony um being with family that that really is kind of like ceremony if you really think about it um, and, you know, just taking that break for yourself, have a couple of days to, to, to sleep in if you have to, you know, mm -hmm. um, uh, because, uh, I remember, you know, my dad talking to me about, um, the healing journey. So he, you know, I was very open and honest with him, um, when it came to my trauma and my abuse that I experienced as a child. And he told me, you know, uh, life is a journey. 
you know, some people say we start in the East and we travel, right? The Anishinaabe, we, we believe that we have life stages and we travel from the East. Um, we go, you know, to the North and, and then on to the spirit world. But he said that because of the things that happened to you or the things that you kind of carry from your childhood, you know, that all that trauma, um, that another journey has to start. You have your life journey and then you have your healing journey. And that healing journey, he said, you know, that, that has to come from like within, within that circle, you know, your, of your life journey. And that's always ongoing. You're always going to have to work on, on your healing because healing is very important, right? We can't just be walking around carrying these things, you know, even the work that we do, you know, it, it's, it's very easy to internalize it and carry that, right? You got to have an outlet, a positive, good outlet and ceremony can be one, you know, you know, I see a lot of guys fishing, you know, um, snowmobiling, you know, ATV, stuff like that. You know, you got to have something to kind of let let that stuff go because that's going to be real heavy. It's going to be real heavy. And the way I think about it is that I owe it to the, the youth, the children that I work with, and then my kids to be the best person I, I can be, right? Mm -hmm. And how can I be the best person that I can be if I'm carrying all these things, right? So, you know, don't forget that that healing is always ongoing kind of thing. You know, it's it's just it's it has to happen now. You know, like it it's a thing that um, that happens in our life journey. Yeah, and it's uh, it's the realization that I haven't been putting as much into my own family that that's making me experience all these things and, and trying to take a look at what I'm doing. And I've noticed that like, you know, I have two different professions that I'm working in and I'm constantly helping other kids. And I'm like, is it, so, am I helping so much with other kids that it's actually taking away from my kids? Am I not giving them the most love that I can? And I don't want to get to a spot where I'm starting to be resentful or, or disliking the work that I do because I absolutely love it. But mm -hmm. I'm realizing that maybe I was trying to do too much. And if I was just to draw back a little bit and put a little bit more emphasis on my family, that I would be way better at work because mm -hmm. I'm going to be so joyful and happy with what's going on in my life. Yeah. And uh, I really like what you said about the, you know, the mother nature stuff and fishing is one of my big things. And oh, yeah. when I'm around water, I, mm -hmm. it just put me beside water. Like I, I have a trailer out of the lake. And I live right on the river in the city here. And uh, just being around that water, I don't even have to catch a fish sometimes. And I just feel peaceful when, I, when I'm there, you know? Yeah, that's your, that's, that, that's the spirit. The, that's your spirit connecting to that water, right? You know, and uh, yeah, so you keep that in mind. Be mindful of that. And uh, another, I guess, um, perspective in life is um, that I learned um, throughout the years is, is to, to try and balance, right? We, 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 we got to try and balance our, our work life, our, our personal life, you know, and then yourself, you know, like um, we, uh, the Anishinaabe, we believe that there's, um, there's four quadrants of being a person. So that's the mental, physical, spiritual, and emotional, right? And they're all, they're all connected. And if anything is out of whack on one side in one quadrant, then that's going to affect the others, you know? So me, like, uh, I've always struggled with, uh, like my physical uh, body. So like, 
my weight, you know, it, it, it goes up, goes down, you know, kind of thing. And that, that does, you know, I, I see that that affects um, the rest, you know, my mental, my emotional health, you know, my spiritual health. So, you know, keep that in mind, you know, when I, when it comes to the work that you do, you know, you got to kind of sit back and, you know, be gentle, but be critical at the same time. Like, okay, like, what am I doing here? Like, is this really, you know, sitting back, reflecting on the work that you're doing? Is this really benefiting, you know, the youth that I work with, the people that I work with? Is it benefiting, you know, my family? And you, you just try your best to, to balance all, all out. And it's, uh, it's been a, I don't want to say a battle, but it's been kind of like a process for the last couple of years to the point where a lot of times when I'm at work, it doesn't even feel like work really, you know? Mm-hmm. And I think a big part of that is that I, I bring my son uh, along with the, uh, a lot of the work that I do because he's kind of like my right hand man. He he's like learning, you know, and um, I think a big part of that is that, and, um, you know, my, my daughter's starting to get older, so she's going to start coming around helping too, you know? Um, so that's kind of like uh, where, where I'm at when it comes to, to work, you know, but then also not forgetting the stuff that, you know, I may be carrying, you know, and then just having that positive outlet. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, I think, that, that's one of the, the big things that's been helping, helping us out. Me and my wife is that, you know, we do action therapy together. Oh um, yeah. That's nice. You know, you we're in the same place and, and sometimes we'll be in, in sharing circles together and, and different ceremony type stuff where we, we might have the youth be making things or doing some lateral empathy exercises. And so even though we're not having that like super family time, we're still doing things as a family. Right. Mm. So th- that's been helping with some of the balance. Yeah, that's, that's, that's very important, eh? Like, uh, mm-hmm. to, to kind of have, uh, you know, like, you know, have them involved as much as you can, you know? Um, because uh, there was a time, like, two years ago where um, we have one person in common, eh, Tyler? That's uh, Mitch, Mitch Bourbonnier. Yep. Mm-hmm. And, uh, uh, man, like, Mitch is, like, he's, like, to me, he's, like, a superhero, honestly. He, he's, like, um, this person that I was, like, oh, man, like, I really look up to, like, and I saw all the things that he was doing and I was like, you know, like, I'm going to give some of that a try. So like two years ago, you know, even last year I had like, you know, three jobs. I'm like, whoa, how does, uh, how does Mitch do that? Right. But like I said, he's a superhero. There's a, there's only one Mitch. And uh, I, I kind of stayed in my lane a little bit there. I was like, whoa, that's too much. <laughs> so like, like I said, you know, just being critical of the, the things that you're doing, you know, like uh, Okay, yeah, you, you think that uh, maybe you can take on all this stuff, but it's like, you know, maybe, you know, be honest and be like, yeah, it's a little too much. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I mean, uh, looking at Mitch and wanting to aspire to be him, he's a different breed. You yeah. know, like there is not too many people that can do the work that that man does and mm-hmm. how he juggles it, it, it absolutely blows my mind. Like, you know, I'm, like half his age and that guy's got twice as much energy as me. Like, I don't know where it comes from, but yeah, if I'm trying to aspire to be someone like that, I definitely am going to burn myself out. And, um, you know, I mean, comparison is the, the bringer of, or the killer of joy. Right. So mm-hmm. trying to compare my journey to, to looking at somebody like Mitch, um, yeah, it's going to put me in a bad spot and yeah, like having, having that good outlook and look on life and knowing my own limits and what I can do 
is what I need to focus on and not what other people are doing. Right. And yeah. uh, I've caught myself doing that, you know, looking at these people that I, that I, I put on a pedestal almost because I really like the work that they do and, mm. and thinking that I need to do that. But, you know, those might not be my gifts and I might mm. not be able to do the exact same thing that those people do. So I need to just focus on, on what I can do and lean into my gifts. Exactly. Yeah. That's yeah. Uh, that's a very important uh, to the work that we do. Mm-hmm. Um, I, um, I remember sitting with a friend, um, you know, Vern Dano, and he said that, you know, you're going to burn yourself out quickly if you have the, the idea that you're, you're, you're going to be able to help everyone. Because there's so much out there when it comes to, like, Indigenous folk out in Winnipeg this way. There's so much trauma. There's so much uh, intergenerational trauma, right? There's so much that our people deal with that um, you're going to get burnt out if you have that, that perspective of like, hey, I got to go out and kind of help everybody kind of thing, you know. Mm-hmm. You got to kind of pick your lane and, you know, be the best that you can be in that lane kind of thing, you know. So uh, I found that, uh, yeah, I work, work fairly well with the, the youth that I work with. I'm very, I'm very blessed to be able to work with them. And, uh, you know, I'm out there learning from them as much as they're learning from me. Right. And I really, yeah, yeah, I really enjoy the help that I receive from them too. eh? Like um, when you're doing a sweat lodge ceremony, that's a lot of work. There's a lot of sweat equity that goes into it, you know, getting, going out there, uh, getting the grandfathers, um, the stones, you know, that were, that we'd heat up, you know, going out there, getting the wood, you know, um, splitting the wood, getting the sacred fire ready, prepping the lodge area, keeping it clean. You know, that's, uh, it's, it's a big, big, big deal, really. And uh, I, I don't know if I'd be able to do it, you know, without the help that I have from the, the youth that I work with. Yeah, I mean, you nailed it too with that. Um, I've really been noticing in this work is I probably learn more from all the people that I work with than they learn from me. Um, you know, I can teach the things that I can teach, which, which isn't a bunch. And, you know, especially when it comes to the indigenous stuff, they, they, they are constantly teaching me all about it. Right. And, uh, that is the grateful part of the work is, is how much we can learn from, from people and their experiences and what they have inside of them and their gifts. Mm-hmm. Um, and just to be open to, to learning all that, like, you know, if I, if I walked into work or doing this job thinking that I'm a know-it-all and I, I have a, all, all the answers to everything, I wouldn't be able to learn all of the things that I do in this field. Um, yeah. So just like remaining teachable is, and being open to listen to all these different people and their voice, their voices and live life experiences as just, I don't know. It's, it's like a, an, a, an education on its own. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So you, you touched on that, you know, like, we all, um, you know, what I was taught was that Kichimani too, you know, that great spirit, that great mystery kind of instilled like gifts that uh, we all have as individuals and uh, we can't carry them all, right? You know, we, uh, we all have these gifts, so, you know, use them. There's that teaching of Amik, uh, 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 the beaver. So there's this traditional teaching uh, about the beaver where, you know, if you if you if you can't, um, or if you don't use your gifts the way that uh, you're supposed to, 
then that can that can hurt you. That can hurt you spiritually, mentally, emotionally, physically. You know, you look at the the beaver, their their gift, um, their gift is um, you know, working with the land, working with the water, working with the trees. And their main tool that they, they use are their teeth. And if they don't use that gift of their teeth, then the, their teeth is they're gonna keep growing and growing until the, the point where that that amic, that beaver dies, right? So th- that's kind of like the, the wisdom that we get from that beaver. We, we learn that, you know, we got to learn these gifts. And sometimes um, the youth that we work with, they, they're, they're not aware or maybe they, they just didn't have the, the chance to, to use their gifts. And once they have a, a positive working relationship with a, a positive male role model, I found that they're more comfortable and they're more wanting to learn more or use their gifts. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and um, and then also working too. I always talk about um, strength and resiliency that our, our people have. You know, um, we're always talking about you know the bad things. You know, we're talking about trauma. We're talking about that intergenerational trauma. We're talking about abuse. Uh, we're talking about substance use. You know, but what about the strength that our people carry? What about these gifts? You know, what about that resiliency? You know, why don't we talk about that? You know, mm-hmm. and uh, that's very important, you know, to kind of shift the paradigm in, in life with these, with the, with the youth, you know, and then even for yourself, right? Yeah. Oh, man. This is, uh, this is such a great conversation. Um, and I definitely like how you're talking um, a lot about these, these different teachings and, and stuff about the Anishinaabe. It's, uh, yeah, this is something that I, ha- I have been trying to get on this podcast for a while. Um, you know, I'm trying to get all resources and, and stuff out in the community in Winnipeg. And I know that in the indigenous is a big part of all that. So uh, I'm so glad that you came on and talked about all these things. Um, is, is there anything you feel that, that you haven't really touched on that you, you want people to know about or something that you want to touch on that, that people might need to hear? Yeah, just, um, you know, I always, I always talk about how, um life is life right um it wouldn't it wouldn't be life if it was easy um we're all gonna have these things that pop up um from time to time and um that sometimes you you can't see the light without the dark you know and those dark times they don't they they don't tend to last long sometimes you know so Get out there, um, especially the male or male identified. Get out there, you know, and and seek these positive male uh, role models in the community and and help um, as a warrior. You know, that's that that heals your heart. You know, that heals um, a little bit of the the things that that has happened to you and your heart. Get out there and help the people, and you'll see a different side of things. You know, when you see those brothers and sisters out on the streets. I don't see them as individual failures um, themselves. I see the, them as um, society's failures, right? So yeah, get out there and help. And if and, someone uh, was, yeah, yeah, go ahead. I say if someone was listening to this podcast right now and they're kind of struggling and they'd really want to get out there and help, where would someone go about getting involved in some of these ceremonies and, and doing some of these things? Oh yeah, there's uh oh man, there's a lot of like um men's groups out mm-hmm. there. 
I know uh, Ryan Beardy runs a, an awesome one there, Healing Together. Um, I, I'm going to be picking up one pretty soon too, through, uh, well, I've been running one through uh, Movember. Um, uh, but uh, we're going to be running out of um, the Thunderbird house. So uh, look out for deals for that uh, details on that. Uh, but just so you know, go out on social media. You can you'll see posts. There's a lot of. Um, I, I know Mamoy has a, a couple men's groups. Uh, First Nation African Office um, has uh, men's groups. You know, get out and join those groups. You know, and uh, uh, because we got to beat that stigma of of men not taking care of our mental health. Right? Mm-hmm. Men aren't men aren't supposed to cry men are supposed to be these these emotionless beings pretty much really um you know and uh the more you you go out there and you focus on your emotions you find those emotions you find uh you know your mental health you you focus on that the more um complete as a person you're going to be the more healing that's going to happen you know get out there and help and then help will come your way too mm-hmm um, I, I would also like to say that um, I recently just started doing a men's group um, with a brother of mine at 288 Marion on Tuesdays from 530 to 7, if, if people ever wanted to get involved with that, too. Um, I thank you so much, Henry, for, for coming on and sharing your wisdom. I know you're so full of it. Um, is, there, is there any way people could like get a hold of you or do you have any social media or anything that you want people to know about or are you kind of more of a private guy? Uh, well, uh, my social media is like, um, it's, it's half and half of like work related stuff and like, um, personal, but, uh, uh, yeah, uh, is my name on, um, Facebook. Um, I'm usually on there through the messenger, you know, and then, uh, yeah, get a hold of me. Um, uh, like I said, look out for details for, for my men's group too. It's going to be a land-based mm. group. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. If you would, uh, if you want to share that with me when, when you have a post or anything, I, I could definitely share that on, on the, the page of the podcast and, and let the people know about that too. Okay. Yeah. Sounds good. Thanks for having me. No problem. Uh, I know your time is valuable. Thank you so much for coming on this podcast and uh, yeah. thank you all for listening.